Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I'm currently leading the Constructors Championship with Williams Racing in F1 Manage 22. My name is Jay, and I have done the unthinkable, and I now have a YouTube premium subscription. What? Whoa. I'm Josh, and yeah, we gotta pause for a minute, because what what drove you to this level of... Surrender to our, cor- <laughs> our our capitalist overlords. <laughs> You're gonna appreciate this, Josh. Well, I, I maybe okay. You can you can just say no comment and not comment on this segment at all. Uh, okay. Which is, okay. Is the, which is the course of wisdom. But <laughs> uh, Mike Crapo is what oh, gets me. Oh, okay. To finally get YouTube Premium, and so. Uh, Okay, I'm I still so, no comment, but I'm still trying to figure out. I got it. You know, I I can explain. So my is currently me, baby. He's currently on a media blitz. Like he's he has he only has one commercial, and he play it gets played all over YouTube. Oh, and you can't. My gosh, gosh, and, and, you are kidding the, me. And the thing that drives me crazy about it is a it's not like there's any chance that he's not going to get elected. Yeah, I I agree. And, That's the part of the drive. So I'm going to vote for him. Because I like him, but I hate the video, the the commercial. Because I'm like, the, and Dude, the part that drives me crazy you're not about lose. his commercial is that there's a lot of the commercials where uh, you know it plays for five seconds and you can hit like end this effing commercial and get back to the video. Uh-huh. His are almost never those. You have to sit through the entire fracking thing, <laughs> and so it, it was funny. So you know. Uh, Brian, uh, I've been I've been watching YouTube with Brian. I know, and as one does. As, <laughs> yes. Um, I, and, and I love really, that you guys are coming coming forward for this. That you're you're actually embracing the YouTubes. Uh, and it, well, I mean, so <laughs> the the reason why is because you know Brian's been feeling kind of depressed, and he was like, you know what, we should watch some. Uh, vloggers of people going to Disneyland, and so okay, we've okay. been. This seems reasonable so far. I'm with you. We've been watching, uh, you know, a, a bunch of videos of people at Disneyland, and like the purpose behind it, obviously, is to have like this moment of zen or to, you know, ease the depression or whatever. And then Mike Crapo comes on the. TV and Brian is like, I want to throw my remote through the television. 
because I hate this man so much, and he and his commercial is so awful that we are now paying sixteen dollars a month at least until the political season is over, so that we don't have to listen to ads from Mike Crapo. So yeah, it does kind of make you wonder why he's even spending money at this point. I don't understand it honestly. He has zero chance of losing, and I, like he's just wasting money to basically yeah, well, I, tell tell off. That is what it feels like, doesn't it? A little bit. It, it yeah, is. more than a little bit. Like, I, is he, like he's I, telling he off the president. It? Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah. That's the whole basis. Of the oh yeah, commercial. the whole the whole thing is him like holding the gas can. He's like, "F Joe Biden, I hate his guts," and <laughs> I mean that's that's the. <laughs> well, not quite, but it's. I appreciate cool. that Jay just faithfully recreated re- a commercial <laughs> for myself. No, he'd have to great. do that for another twenty seconds at least. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, and I'd be like, you know, he's doing inflation, and you know, blah blah. <laughs> cool. Anyway, <laughs> this is my new favorite story. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, Are the vloggers good? I mean, clearly they're worth it since you went premium. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of funny. So there's this there's this guy who uh, his his name is Chris Provost. Okay. And he he does a bunch of them, and he's like this. Uh, you would you would love him, Josh. He's like this. Uh, you know, fifteen. Fifth, he's in his fifties, I think. And he's this Mormon dad who is like, you know, eternally positive. He does dad jokes throughout all of his videos and like <laughs> elicits okay. groans from it. And, and a lot of his uh, videos are like, you know, secrets revealed about this ride or this thing at Disneyland, et cetera. And so um, his are a lot of the people who, do videos it's like oh we went to disneyland and ate this seasonal thing and this is what we think of you know this seasonal thing which is which is cool i mean there's we're we're going to disneyland soon for our anniversary and so you know there's a few things that uh we'll probably try to or i'll try to eat that i wouldn't have thought to have uh without because that. of his efforts well the other people oh, but his okay. his he has like this big backlog of catalogs i mean you know, you can't go back a year from now and watch someone else's year-old uh, video of them eating the seasonal treats from a year ago because <laughs> that's kind of pointless. But his uh, his library of old videos are still relevant because it's you know like little-known facts about Disneyland or stuff like that that are kind of more timeless. So another another popular one that a lot of the video bloggers do is it, uh, if it's not seasonal food, then it's like, Oh, here's the seasonal merchandise that is available now at Disneyland. And then you show up at Disneyland. It's all sold out. <laughs> at least all the popular <laughs> stuff. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> so amazing. Uh, news and announcements from discount games, Inc. We uh, caught up on shipping uh, today. And so, uh, anyone who had a delay on your order or, or because of the renovation, our apologies, but, uh, you can feel free to flood us with your orders again, and, uh, we will happily send you packages of joy. So, 
Uh, and we we did a pretty rapid reassembly of the store, and uh, my about it's about fifty fifty mm-hmm. on the staff of the store on whether or not their bodies were a broken husk after <laughs> a couple days of setup, or or if they survived it okay. Uh, it definitely laid out Brian and and my manager pretty pretty hard, but. But everyone's been troopers, and the store looks is had a lot of progress. So I'm excited to see it get to the uh, the end of the road. So we are going to talk about some board games we've played and liked, and then talk about some that we're looking forward to playing at the upcoming board game convention that is here local. So um, I think the We've talked a little bit about this first game. Uh, well, I guess both of them we, we kind of have. But the first one uh, we're going to talk about is uh, Terraforming Mars, Ares Project. And I'll be honest, I, I think I said this as well, but I guess I'll repeat myself. Uh, when this game arrived at Gameopolis, it was like completely not on my radar because... Uh, Although I am someone who loves Terraforming Mars, it also is a game where it's kind of reached a state where um, if you play with all the expansions, you're kind of having an overload of expansions, and uh, you'll have a better experience if you don't play with all of the expansions. And so I thought that this was an expansion for Terraforming Mars, and I was like, well, I don't, I don't need another expansion for terraforming Mars. So it wasn't really interesting to me, but, um, instead of being an expansion for terraforming Mars, it is its own standalone, a standalone game that is, I mean, in my opinion, the kind of the best shorthand, uh, explanation of this game. And I, and I guess it doesn't help explain it if other people haven't played the game that I think it's similar to, but it feels like a retheming of, race for the galaxy into uh, a terraforming Mars uh, theming. And I guess I'm curious if obviously the three of us all have loved race for the galaxy. Um, and we've, we've had minimal play of a terraforming Mars Ares expedition so far. Uh, but I am curious if what your guys's reaction is to that. Do you, do you think that that's an accurate description? Am I, or am I oversimplifying things? It's totally an accurate description. I mean, I feel like it's the love child of Terraforming Mars and Race of the Galaxy. Yeah, I would I would agree. Um, I probably wouldn't. So I, I do like Terraforming Mars, but the truth is, is it's not one of my favorites. It's not nearly as... You moved on. You well, I guess you were never on. As yeah, much I as I was in the first place. Never really on it. My wife likes it. Um, I know like Josh's dad likes it. I've played quite a few games of it and I enjoy it and I would never turn down a game of it, but it's just never really been my thing. You're never um, gonna be like, Hey guys, let's get together and play us some sweet, sweet terraforming Mars. Right. Uh, yeah, probably not. However, if I were given the option between this and Terraforming Mars, I would never choose Terraforming Mars, I would choose Ares Expedition every time. I, I think it's a I think it's a better game. It's funner. It's faster. Um, it still has all the same um, feeling of the original, but it's just 
I think it's a better game. Maybe that's a bold statement, but it does kind of play to my my loves. Well, it does feel like it gets <laughs> the job done faster. Yeah. Yeah. You get the same experience quicker. One of the things that I appreciated about the game is that it's intended to be a game where everyone I I guess I'll back up a little bit and give a little bit of explanation of the game for people who have not played uh, Race for the Galaxy. But there, within the game round, there are different phases. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on their names right now, but it's you know putting different cards into your play area of different types or um, generating resources or spending resources to get benefits um, on each of these different phases. And at the start of each round, you you have a a set of cards that have each of those phases uh, on the front of it that's hidden. And so you'll pick one of the the phases secretly, and then everyone will reveal simultaneously, and that is going to select what phases get played uh, each round. And so you're you're not going to go through each phase in every round it's impossible to because there aren't enough players to select every phase. Um, and also you, you cannot, when you select a phase, you leave out the one that was selected the previous round. And so you can't select the same phase over and over. You have to at least alternate, uh, when doing it. Um, and so I don't remember what this was tying back into, but that's, I guess, kind of a, description of of some of the the core mechanics of the game that it shares i mean these two games yeah. sh- share those mechanics yes yeah oh uh, sorry i i have old man brain now i guess but now i remember <laughs> the point that i was driving to uh but one of the things that i like about this game is that the intention of the game and the way that the rules are written is that when a phase is selected like if you are going to be producing or spending resources or whatever it is all done simultaneously and um that's something that you know hopefully is going to i mean i guess this is going to be interesting for me to get your guys's opinion on because i feel like it is both a pro and a con of the game because on the one in in my opinion um it's it does speed up the play and it feels like you're it's, it's more frequently like you're always doing something um, but kind of the downside of it, in my opinion, is that it can also feel like it's kind of, you know, two, three, four players that are doing this uh, kind of solitaire game, all seated at the same table. And then at the end of the game, you each compare what your solitaire score is, and, and that person is the winner. So I'm, I'm curious, did, did you guys have, I guess, what are your guys' opinion on the simultaneous play and... Did you feel like it was kind of a solitaire player or if there was enough interaction or uh, what were your thoughts? Um, so let me ask this before I get too far into it. Is that supposed to be a criticism of it? Because <laughs> it doesn't bother I, me. It doesn't I, bother well, me. Yes, I, there are there are people definitely who are going to be like, why am I why am I doing this multiplayer game in person with friends that is basically a solitaire game as opposed to a game where I'm going to have player interaction. Because it's not. Here's why. You have to be able to read the table and know what phases they're going to play, and you can play off of those. The person who wins the game frequently will be able to use 
their opponent's actions to their benefit. And if you don't, you will probably not do well. I, I love the fact that you're playing a game where you get to do something constantly, where you're always involved, involved in the game. You're never waiting for your turn. Usually you're, you know, but you can't completely ignore what's going on at the table or you'll lose. What about you, Josh? Do you have any opinions on this topic? What is my opinion on this topic? <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, that is the, that is probably the big challenge. Like, th- that is what keeps you engaged. The, the, thing, the funny thing about it, the reason I feel like I haven't had more plays of it than I have is because it's longer than Race for the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And it's not that much... It doesn't feel that much shorter than Terraforming Mars, if that makes sense. It felt a lot shorter to me. Maybe that's just because I'm more engaged. It may have been that the first time I played, too, you know, it was a learning game for a whole bunch of people. and like. Yeah, I mean, we the game we played was fairly long. Um, Jay and I played in our first game together. And I, I, you know, I felt like it probably took longer than necessary, but it was I was engaged the entire time. I was always doing something. And I'm not not having to wait for someone else's turn, and um, it, it just it felt faster, I guess, that because of that. So one thing, <laughs> I, I, I counterpoint to your counterpoint to your point, Josh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so you said that you know you you talked a little about a bit about the length and how it. Um, you know, is a little bit longer than Race for the Galaxy, and not that much shorter than ter- than normal terraforming Mars. And one, I, I haven't had enough plays to necessarily get a full fill on this. Right. But one of the things that I think is interesting with it is that, in a lot of ways, this is you know an economic engine building game, and there's always this question with these type of games on at what point are you going to end the game and at what point are you going to like how far along is your economic engine going to be going and in in what I've played so far it feels like this one is a little bit farther along and letting you uh, rev the engines on your economic engine longer than some of the others um, and so that's obviously just going to be, I guess, a little bit of a personal preference thing as to whether you like that or not. But there's there are a fair number of economy games where it feels like the game ends and you're like, oh, but I was just starting to, you know, have things kick into gear. Why why are we ending now? <laughs> and yeah, right. So I don't know. I, I guess that's one if one potential note on it. If you uh, potentially like uh, building up your economic engine longer than uh this might be a game that, that might intrigue you i don't know is did did you have that feeling as well trevor or uh yeah more definitely more so than terraforming mars like terraforming yeah. mars is one of those where it always feels like about the time i get going is about the time it ends so and and i am kind of a critic of those types of games like i want an opportunity to actually not just set my engine up but actually you know turn it on and let it run for a while uh-huh. um, so uh you know i do agree that sometimes those games can overstay their welcome if they if they go too long and maybe this is borderline that to to 
Josh's point, but I do think that some of that is just because of playing with newer players. I think if you were playing yeah, with experienced yeah, players, yeah. just just like with um, Race for the Galaxy, the games have themselves in time. I'm assuming the similar thing would happen here. So I, I wouldn't say. I guess it's safe to say that none of us have played of, enough of this to feel like um, we have a definitive grade on this. But um, as far as initial impressions, what would you what would you say your impression is? What what would you say are your favorite things and least favorite things with the game? Well, my favorite thing is that it's another you know like well done execution of that whole simultaneous selection and you know and then that determines what uh phases actually occur like that's a ton of fun one of the things that the the one thing that makes me miss terraforming mars you know because like trevor said he would definitely play this before he would play terraforming mars right um I, i just feel like there's more cards like there's more variety of things that can happen in a full game of terraforming mars right Is that true? So I don't know if it is. That's just what it feels like. Well, okay. I mean, part of it might be that we just had played so much Race of the Galaxy that we knew a lot of the stuff going on or what was in it. Yeah, um, but I don't know. Too. One, I guess, one other I, before you chime in with your two cents, Trevor. One one thing that's interesting with it is that you know, Race of the Galaxy is a game where you. It could be a little bit hard to teach sometimes or for someone to have the game click because the cards don't have writing on them that explain things. They have symbols and you just need to, they expect you to learn the symbols to play the game. And which after you've learned them, I appreciate by the way. Yes. Which is great with that. And it's also smart for them because you know, it, it allows them to produce a game that can be sold in, you know, a gazillion different countries with the same print run. Um, but I did appreciate that in, in this game, it did have, um, you know, English explanations on each card as well, which mm-hmm. made it that much easier to, uh, pick up as a new player. It felt like, so, uh, that was one difference between the games that I, I thought was a little bit noteworthy and, and, um, something that I, I liked as a player new to the game. So anyways, that was my quick interjection. What are, what are your thoughts with pros and cons or, or whatever, Trevor? Am I, rem- sorry, it's been a, a few weeks since we played it. Am I remembering it right? That you don't have to buy your cards like you do in terraforming Mars. Yes. Okay. I like I that. That's true. <laughs> I've always, <laughs> I've always hated that mechanic in terraforming Mars. I, I've always hated having to like draw cards and then buy them because it, it made uh, one of the reasons I dislike it is not because I, th- I actually think it's a pretty good game mechanic, but the problem is, is it feels like there's too many cards in the deck that give you free draws, and that that power is so strong because of the because of the normal payment requirement, like being able to just draw a card and get it for free. It's like it's like two powers in one, and I I just dislike that um, there's kind of this. I don't know, this really overpowered power based because of another ability or another requirement in the game. And I'm glad that it doesn't have that in this game. Um, anyway, I, I enjoy the game because it moves quickly. You're always involved. Um, downsides, I, I, I'm actually going to emphasize with Josh here. The game is a little too, um, just from what I've played so far. 
I'm really hoping that I'm right, and that when you play with experienced players, that the game goes considerably shorter. Um, but first time around, it was fairly. Yeah. Well, um, I guess my review of it is that um, you know, I just I just love Race for the Galaxy, and so having a uh, a copy that or a game that is reminds me of that game and has similar mechanics of that game, but that is different enough that it feels like there's new things to explore with it um, is is something that um, I, I find enjoyable. So that is uh, my One review of the game. There you yes. Go. All right. So, Trevor... You're going to talk to us about a game that uh, you've played a fair bit, and I have played once with you. And have have you played it any, Josh? If this is Sniper Elite we're talking about, I have not yet had the privilege. Okay. So. Okay. So Sniper Elite is a hidden movement game. It was kickstarted um, a while ago, but it just released um, this year. So in the game, you have one player who plays um, a allied sniper in World War II, um, and the other players play squads of German soldiers. Um, you play on a map, then there's multiple maps available, um, and the sniper gets two cards that are objectives, and they're, they're secret objectives. The two cards can't be in the same area on the map they've got to be in separate areas Um, and it is up to the sniper to move across the map to those areas and then um, complete his objectives the goal of the other players is to figure out where he is uh, and to corner him essentially um, and keep him from being able to complete his objectives either a through doing damage to him or b through basically there's a uh, there's 20 possible rounds uh, 10 rounds to complete the first objective. And then if he does so, he gains an additional 10 rounds. Um, and if he fails to do so within those those time frames, he also loses. Um, so this is, again, it's a hidden movement game, which is much like other hidden movement games. I'm a big fan of hidden movement games. Uh, games like Nuns on the Run, uh, probably one of my favorites of all time. Uh, Last Friday. Uh, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember the Letter, other two. Letters, Letters from Whitechapel. Letters from Whitechapel. And Fury of Dracula. Fury of Dracula. Yeah, I was actually thinking of um, the uh, Scotland Yard. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, but those are all hidden movement games. If you've played any of those, you kind of know how Sniper Elite works. Um, If you haven't played any of those, you should find one and try it, because I think they're quite fun. At the end, they're more of like a logic puzzle. Um, There's limited options for the person who is hidden, who's basically writing their movement down on a sheet of paper or a board or whatever that no one else can see. And you're trying to figure out by doing certain actions on the board, whether or not they're in a particular position. Um, The sniper in this game has a couple of, he has some like equipment cards that give him additional options. Um, But he basically moves around the board. And if he moves past one of these German soldiers, he has to say, you know, I made a noise in this zone right here. Um, which then the soldiers use that information to try to pin him down, hold him down uh, to a certain location, and then start attacking um, or revealing his position. So they might attack a position thinking he might be there. Um, Additionally, the officers in each of the squads have their own powers. um, And uh, so picking which which officer you take 
um, is a big part of the game as well. Um, so anyway, it's it's not a very complex game. It it really relies upon the um, simplicity of the hidden movement mechanic to make it fun, and I think it does it really well. Obviously, it's based upon the Sniper Elite video game, um, although I've honestly never played that video game, so I don't really know how well it translates. Um, I'm assuming that it's you know it's kind of a loose translation, more trying to come up with a game where you're playing a sniper on a board game, and it does that very well. So, um, Jay, you got an opportunity to play it once. What were your impressions after your first playthrough? Um, so we, I played this game with um, me, you, and Aaron Well, mm-hmm. and Aaron Well enjoyed the game so much that he immediately went on eBay and uh, bought the Kickstarter edition and got it shipped to him before he left to Australia and took it home with him. And so uh, it was a, a smash hit with, with Aaron. Okay. Uh, um, I think the, the biggest issue that I had with the game was that I don't think I enjoyed the theming as much as, um, as some of the other hidden movement games. Um, what would you say your favorite hidden movement game is? Is it letters from white chapel? Um, pr- probably, although that might just be because it's the one that I've played the most of. And, and I, 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 I kind of sound like a psychopath if I say like, I, I enjoy the theming of uh, Jack the Ripper, but there's, I, I mean, the, the sniper stuff doesn't like, there's nothing that captures my imagination about being a sniper, um, which I, I realize makes me uh, in the vast minority, I think. <laughs> so um, I think that was probably the, the part that I, uh, had the, the biggest struggle with, with the game. But I, I, I did think that it was well done. I do think that it's interesting how the different special abilities that you have is either the sniper or the different squads that you're playing is the, the people that are trying to capture the sniper. Um, so I think that's well done. There's always kind of, uh, especially when you start adding in extra, special abilities there's always um a fair bit of difficulty in balancing the um having having the game be balanced between those those two competing parties and i i don't think that they did a a perfect job on that but i think that it's close enough that it doesn't really matter and the the fun of having the variable powers more than that makes up for it um so i don't know what what are I guess, what are some of your thoughts on that or, or on the game in general? So I've played quite a few games of this at this point, um, and I've had fun in every single game, and we've had some pretty epic conclusions to some of the games. But I will say, in my opinion, that this game suffers from the same problem that the vast majority of hidden movement games suffer from, and that's that the person who's the hidden movement... Um, All the weight goes on them. Uh, I would say there that that if their their opponents are good at deduction, they are at a heavy disadvantage. Yeah. 
yeah, like it feels like if you if you're pretty good at, at you know eliminating possibilities and deducing the only options available to them, um, it takes a really really crafty uh, jack um, in, or sniper in this case to outsmart them. And sometimes, admittedly, you can do something that I would consider somewhat dumb or crazy, and even that will outsmart them. But the truth is, is rarely do you end up outsmarting the people at the table who are, if they're good at these sorts of games, it's just very difficult to beat them. Um, and that's true of um, most hidden movement games. My favorite hidden movement game has been for a long time and still is Nuns on the Run. And part of the reason that it is a hidden, my, one of my favorite hidden movement games is that the majority of the players at the table are playing the Jack or the Sniper. They're playing the nuns who are running away from the Prioress. And it just allows everyone to play the hidden movement, which in every other game like this, everyone eventually is like, well, let me give it, you know, they, but let me have the chance to do that. Everyone wants to be the, the hidden movement player. Nuns on the Run allows everyone to do that. And funny enough, it is the opposite of all the other games in that the hidden movement player always, almost always wins. Because there's at the table, there's usually five or six hidden movement players and one Prioress. And to win as the Prioress is actually very, very difficult in that game. Um, so I guess I mean, that's all to say that this is a great hidden movement game. But if you go into it thinking that it's balanced or that, that the sniper has an equal chance to win, I don't think that's fair at least in the games I've played thus far. And maybe part of that is we don't have enough experience with it, because I know, um, I don't know, as, as a, in Letters from Whitechapel, the more we played it, it felt like it was harder and harder for Jack to win. And I'm a th assuming that it's going to be the same here. The sniper is going to have, the more games you play, the more difficult it is going to be for him to win. As the other players start figuring out the maps better, they know the abilities better, they just start, it feels like they, their learning curve makes it even harder for the sniper to win. But all that said, the the theme, if you enjoy this theme, this is a great hidden movement game. Um, it's simple to explain and understand for the most part. Um, there are some quirky quirkness, quirkiness about like line of sight and a few other things um, that take some time to try to uh, sink in, I guess. Uh, but it, I do enjoy the game, so I would highly recommend it if it sounds interesting. Are you, are you a fan of hidden movement games, Josh? Well, I I have very fond memories of Fear of Dracula. I wish we had played more Nuns Boy. on the Run. I feel like hidden movement games have a hard time getting to the table for me. So I don't know what that means. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's just a character failing or what. Does your family enjoy them? I can't think that I've ever played one with my family. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say not that I know of. <laughs> I would have thought you would have played Nuns on the Run with them. No, I'm pretty sure uh -uh. you're the one that taught it to me. Yeah, but like we played it at, at Icon, basically. Huh. All right. I feel like I'm such a disappointment <laughs> for you. It's kind of funny <laughs> that uh, like the the main one that you've played is one of my least favorite hidden movement games, and it feels like Fury of Dracula should have been a game that I I really enjoyed, but my issue with it was that it felt like you had you know this first half of the game that was finding Dracula. And then you got to the second half where you found him and like the, it, it felt like the portion where you were actually fighting Dracula was not that fun. 
And and also it was kind of like there was this crappy combat game added on to uh, a hidden movement game. But uh, so I've never played Fury of Dracula. I love hidden movement games, but I've never played that one. Huh. I, I would have thought me, that what you would have said, Jay, was that it overstated its welcome. And yes, it does do that as well. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you do you get to the end and you're like, we finally found Dracula. Why won't this, you know, gosh darn vampire die? I, this is taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Did you? Uh, how much did you like uh, Fury of Dracula, Josh? Well, it's been a long time since I played it, but I I really yeah. do have fond memories of fond it. Memories. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Well, any uh, I guess what final thoughts do you guys have, or especially Trevor, I guess. Uh, do you have on Sniper Elite? Um, so I am going to mention that there is an expansion for this, which adds another map and some more cards. One of the other things it does that Jay didn't get an opportunity to see, and honestly, I'm not sure that it would have changed his opinion. It probably would have made it worse. There's There are sniper cards in the expansion, and you can pick through those cards, and they change the base game sniper's stats. But I'm not sure how well they were playtested. There is a couple of them where you can find some fairly obvious flaws in the game design, at least in my opinion. There's one that um, basically will never miss a shot, which is sort of a mechanic in the game where you're pulling chits out of a bag and and you have to choose how many you're going to pull out. And if you get enough hits, that determines your range. Anyway, there's there's a particular... um, sniper in the expansion that just can't miss and i'm not sure if that was intended or what but we don't play with the expansion cards for the snipers at least we haven't thus far because to me they add another layer of we made these unique rules and it adds another potential for unbalance so uh, but i do i am glad i got the expansion for the map and for the additional equipment cards for the sniper, because some of those equipment cards actually do make it a little bit easier for him to potentially win. Um, again, I will say that out of all the games we've played, the sniper's only won once. So there's your challenge. Go get Sniper Elite. Win with the sniper all the time and tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we have the... We don't have much time left, but uh, we can do... a. F- few quick things here uh so the local board game convention icon is is coming up and josh you had mentioned that you had potentially some uh games that you were excited to play well i uh i'm gonna just go right out on the it's probably sounds boring at this point and say uh i'm excited to try some more return to dark tower with the expansion is your I only have coming? the first expansion. So I can rub it in his no, nose? No, he's it. not. He's not. <laughs> I totally he, probably, he probably knew your desire. That's right. To he, he, face. he totally sensed it. Um, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna, when you're done, I've got some, some ones that I'm, I'm excited. So maybe. We'll see. Um, well, honestly, the uh, I'd love to get in a play of Ark Nova, this, which is sad because Jay's not going to be there. Uh, I think that the con would be a good spot to do another play of Twilight Inscription. Yes, I, I'm in agreement there. The, the one one thing I want to get done over the weekend is, is get a replay of Twilight Inscription. I'm not 
I just don't want to judge it too harshly after a single play. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Well, cause what I'm most curious, I, I read a few reviews and like, there's one review that was sort of like, I don't know. It felt like the kind of comment where somebody was like, this game is solved. You know, it was almost like suggesting that the, the pattern of the game is always the same, you know, which I could see that sort of being the case because you have the same five epics or whatever. Right. But it feels like there's enough mixed up for that to not be. Anyway, yeah. right. those are those are some ones I'm most excited to hopefully get to this weekend. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting that they think that because it feels like the racial um, powers. Yeah, would change it up quite a bit, right? Would change it up quite a bit, yeah. Um, so I backed Rallyman Dirt a long time ago. It's a racing game. Um, it uh, should be arriving soon, hopefully before Icon. If it does arrive, I'm looking forward to playing it. Um, it's it's pretty exciting to me. Uh, I think it's, the theme is cool and I'm interested in trying to play a racing game other than F1 manager right now. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what is Rallander just a pure, a pure racing game? Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. You're you're playing rally stages. Um, so it's the only, I don't, I'm sure there's other rally games out there that, that play, you know, dirt racing, but I don't, know of any off the top of my head and it's based off of another game um that was that did quite well and i'm trying to remember the name of that game let me see if i can rallyman gt is the name of ink but it's it's you're on that one you're racing on streets um this is a a dirt racing game anyway that's i guess not really all that important but it has um these hexes that make the race and so the, the the racetrack is different every time um and, and the mechanics are quite ingenious. It's quick, a real quick, quick play, um, but it has a lot of strategy to it. So I, I, I'm excited for it. I've been waiting for it for a long time. It was one of those that um, it was supposed to be. I'm looking at the Kickstarter page right now. Its estimated delivery date was July of 2021. So yeah, they they've um, kind of raised the ire of quite a few um, of the backers. But it's supposed to be delivering right now, so I hope it's going to show up before the convention. The other one I'm interested in trying that I have yet to play is called Rome and Roll. So Twilight Inscription has made me excited for you know Roll and Write again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and is and it, it, do you think is it a more complicated Roll and Write? Yes. So Rome and Roll was one of the first um, Roll and Writes that was overly complicated. Um, to the point where a lot of the reviewers basically said, why am I playing this game? It takes too long for a roll and write. Uh-huh. And I feel like maybe it was a little bit ahead of its time. Like the roll and writes have started becoming more complex and maybe it just got written off before its time. I don't know. I actually haven't played it. I It was delivered quite a while ago and I've just never pulled it out. We never played it. And um, I'm going to make sure I get a game of it this weekend. That sounds like it would be fun. Well, Jay, if you were going to be there, what would be the one game you would most want to play? Boy. <laughs> and it feels like it would have to be Twilight Inscription so that I could see whether or not you guys uh, justifiably dampened all my excitement for the game. <laughs> <laughs> reasonable <laughs> um i'm not going to remember the name of it uh I mean, we've talked about briefly uh 
this game. I think that you said that you might have um, owned it or played it with someone, but it was the. Do you remember the the name of the um, the board game that was uh, based on? It was like a Cthulhu based game, and it was nominated for one of the Spiel Awards, even though it has been out for quite a while. Sleeping Gods. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By um, Red Raven Games. Yeah, uh, that's that's a game that I've had a fair bit of interest in in playing. Not that I know. Yeah, I would be interested to see what you guys thought of that. I mean, it's very much a uh, it's very much an RPG. You know, it's in the vein of like um, Arabian Nights. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I remember you talking about it. Yeah, I, I I would very very much be interested in trying that. So my brother and dad and I, we probably are about, I'm going to say two thirds of the way through a cam- a campaign. And I've, I was, I've been, I've been very surprised by it. Like it's, it's more fun than I even expected. And I actually had pretty high expectations, but it moves along at a much better pace than I think I uh, expected it to. I, like the, the okay, story does or the game does? The both in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Both. Okay. Before we sign off, I have I, I have a question for you, Trevor. So we uh, started a vampire legacy game with the two of us and my brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, as legacy games are wont to do, I guess it got derailed and um, life happened, etc. Um, and I've thought a little bit about the game, and I've I think my biggest issue with the game so far is that with legacy games, I want to feel like there is a story going on, and I want to feel like I am making decisions in the game that are influenced by what's been going on in the story and that are going to impact the story in the future. Okay. And it kind of feels like this one... Like, you you do have things that are like, there's a class warfare going on between, you know, the nobles and the peasants, or... You know, various things like that. But in general, I'm not making the choices because I want to see the nobles win or I want to see the peasants lose. It's right. It's, You're doing it to I, win that round. Right. I am. I'm making a choice because I think that mechanically this will give me the best chance to win this, you know, epic of, of the game. Um, and I'm I'm curious what if, if you think that that's a fair criticism or what what your thoughts have been of it so far yeah i mean i think that's a fair criticism i think they're trying hard to make it feel like you're making choices that impact the game but in truth because everything you do sort of goes back into the deck like it goes back into the community and shapes the world in which you live but it just doesn't feel like you're doing enough that shapes your own personal destiny and i think they tried to do that with the scoring system but it just i mean at least so far it doesn't feel like there's enough it feels like you're shaping the game more than you're shaping your own story and yeah. i don't i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because in some other games you're shaping the the game in ways too but it feels i guess just more impactful to your own personal um story as far as the game is concerned and this one like it feels like every time i come to the table i'm playing a new game yeah and i i guess another and i guess maybe this was my um maybe a bad expectation that I had with the game going into it. But 
kind of my expectation would be that we would each kind of be picking vampire clans and that we would be kind of mm-hmm. associated with them and building them up and having a strong connection to a clan. But but really, you're kind of like this vampire progenitor to the clans that doesn't have a connection to the clans, and you're playing different clans throughout the game. Yeah, you can and pick so, a new clan every time you come to the table. Every time we play a round, you can pick a new clan. That that sort of surprised me. I was I thought what you did. I thought we would be picking a clan and you'd be shaping that clan throughout throughout time. And honestly, to me, that sounds it sounded more interesting. That's what I thought we were getting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're more like the power behind the throne. You don't necessarily belong to the clans you're shaping, which is a I I mean it's an interesting take. Um, but in many ways, it doesn't pull that narrative off as well in play. Yeah. Anyways, I thought I was just curious your opinion of that. I had um, been thinking some about it lately. Yeah, I mean, we didn't play through um, more than just the first essentially age. So it's hard to say because we didn't really get to the end game. Um, and you know, maybe some of that starts to show the more you get into it. Yeah. All right. Well, we've we've gone a little long. We can wrap it up there. Any final uh, thoughts on things? Uh, no. My biggest thought is if you like board games, share with us your favorites too. Um, we would love to hear back on uh, the games you're playing. Agreed. <laughs>